Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, right now we are giving away 100 bucks to Optimal Golf. They have two great locations. One is in Park Hill. The other one is in the Rhino neighborhood. What can you do with that $100 gift card? Well, you can get a lesson with my guy, Kyle, and they have award-winning pros over at Optimum Golf. Or you can get two hours in a virtual bay, which you can play some of the best courses in the world. If you've never done virtual golf, it's a lot of fun, especially when there is snow on the ground. So keep your golf game finely tuned this winter. Go to Optimum Golf. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. Or... Just give us a call right now. We're going to give you 100 bucks. 312-296. Oh, that was giving my, my cell number. Danny, should I just give my cell number instead? You could. People could I, uh, get it straight from you instead of getting it from me. But Well, okay, i tell you what. Just, just for fun, it's 312-296. And if you can figure out the other four numbers through all kinds of computations and permutations, knock yourself out. Uh, I will let you know if I see an unknown number come up, I will just press on my phone. I'm on my way. But if you want to go to Optimum Golf, 303-831-1340. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Mace, what a game for uh, Josh Allen, right? I mean, uh, arguably the greatest single performance in playoff history by any quarterback. I believe uh, he had a perfect QBR. And as far as quarterback rating goes, I think Peyton Manning is the only one who had a higher quarterback rating in NFL history in a game. Bottom line, he was sensational. The Bills were sensational. They never punted. They never attempted a field goal. If you take away kneel downs, they scored a touchdown on every single drive. It was an absolute clinic. And I'm guessing it was also taking out decades of frustrations on the Patriots organization. I'm sure there were plenty of old time bills guys. They can run up the score after they dominated the division for all this time. Oh yeah. I mean, I was, it was a cathartic game for Buffalo. I mean, it was like you said, year, years, really decades, like basically 21 years of frustration pouring out. I think their fans would have wanted them to get 50 wanted them to keep going if it had been possible. Well, it wasn't possible. You know why? Because every possession they had, they scored a touchdown outside of kneel downs. I mean, yeah, the, a, on, the only points they left unscored were because they missed PATs. Right. Other than that, perfect. So right after the game, you're on Twitter as much as I am. Ooh, Broncos fans were hot. They were ablaze. Going after Elway again, saying... Elway should have drafted Josh Allen instead of Chubb. Listen, no one's going to disagree with you, especially now. They should have drafted Allen over Chubb. Certainly true in hindsight. But I want you to go back, and it wasn't that many years ago. Go back to 2018. 
Do you remember Broncos country or the media having a groundswell of support to go grab Josh Allen? Not particularly, no. I don't remember that one bit. But suddenly, everybody was on the bandwagon, but they were hiding in a cave, and now they're suddenly coming out and saying, oh, yeah, we supported this all along. Yeah, look, if there is a critique of the Broncos and Josh Allen that is to be made, it is that they had five days of work with him in Mobile, and they saw that he was improved. Like he got better over that week. That they had they had the chance to to work with him in meetings, in practices, and even a game. Got an insight into Josh Allen that no one else did, and decided, yeah, he's not our guy. That's I. That is, I think the the fair something fair that you can criticize. But I don't. But let's make it clear. If you say. You want, oh, they should have, I think they should have taken Josh Allen and you didn't say it before. You're just, alter, you're just offering revisionist history here. This is what I want everybody to do if you're listening yeah. or watching. And I mean this to anybody in Twitter. I want a timestamp of you saying on social media, they should have drafted Josh Allen. Then I will shake your hand, give you a proud congratulations on Twitter. But I don't think I'm going to be getting a lot of people doing that. I really, really don't. It is revisionist history. And everybody loves revisionist history. Well, I'm going to do a little revisionist history for you, sure. just for fun, for, for everybody saying, well, the Broncos should have drafted Josh. Now, by the way, I can promise you, more Broncos fans wanted Josh Rosen than Josh Allen. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind you were that they did. A, You were not a Josh Rosen guy. Oh, God, no. No, I knew too many things about him at UCLA. Less loved him. And to this day, I won't let Les forget about that. Mm-hmm. I said that was as bad of an event. I, I, I just knew he was going to be bad just because of how his teammates felt about him. Anyway, let's do some revisionist history. Want to do some? Go for it. Okay. Let's go back to 1979, two years after the Broncos went to the Super Bowl. They probably could have used a second-round pick on Joe Montana, but they didn't. But they had a chance to draft him, right? They did have a chance to draft him. The Broncos did have a first-round pick in 1991. They could have taken the kid out of uh, you know Southern Miss, Brett Favre. They had an opportunity to take him, but they didn't. And then when Favre was kind of messing around about retiring in 2000, the Broncos could have used a fifth-round pick on Tom Brady. How fun was that game? Now you want to start with Josh Allen? If you told me that you wanted Josh Allen all the way back then, fine. I congratulate you for your expertise and evaluating quarterbacks. But if now you're saying you want him over Chubb, shut up. Shut up. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear it. If you want to make a prediction, make it. And then tell me that you and prove to me you made the prediction. But don't come out with this revisionist history stuff that the Broncos should have drafted Peyton. The Broncos should have drafted Tom Brady. Right? Yeah. Broncos should have drafted this guy. The Broncos wanted Mayfield or Darnold. That's who they wanted. Neither guy was available. Right. And that and that's I, why it's fair to critique them having the up close look at Josh Allen and saying, "Okay, we we didn't want him." Well, what did they see that caused them to get it wrong? That I think is a fair is it, it that I think is a fair 
criticism of the Broncos' methodology on quarterbacks because, you know, the, the, the swings they took at quarterback were wrong. The swings that they didn't take uh, might have sent it out of the park. Actually, if we're being completely honest, what the Broncos did not like about Josh Allen was in plain sight to them. That's why they didn't draft him. How tall is Josh Allen? Uh, he's what? He, uh, six, uh, six, six, I believe. Six, 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 seven, six, five, six, five, six, five. He's listed at six, five, mm. but I was reading. He was listed at six, seven. Okay. At one point mm-hmm. when the draft came out, he was a really tall quarterback. I think tall quarterback started to spook John Elway, Osweiler, tall quarterback, Lynch, tall quarterback. They took a look at Josh Allen and said, do we really want to go down this road with another tall guy when really tall guys don't have a lot of success in the NFL? And, oh, by the way, we just rolled the dice on Paxton Lynch from a smaller school. He's tall. Are we really going to do that with Josh Allen coming from Wyoming? I don't think John Elway wanted any part of Josh Allen. I think that he pretty much in the back of his mind had his mind made up knowing if he took another tall quarterback and that's all we kept hearing from Vance Joseph. What do you think of uh, he's a, he's a tall man with a big arm? There we go. That's what we would have kept hearing over and over again. And I don't think that Elway wanted to hear it anymore. I think that played a part in the decision. Not the whole decision, but a small part of it. In the back of his mind, he knew, man, if I take another tall guy and this doesn't work out, I'm going to look like a real jackass. And so they doubled down on Pat on uh, Case Keenum and Paxton Lynch. And then, the ne- and then the next year they picked Drew Locke, who was one and in, when one-eighth inches shorter than Josh Allen. Because Josh Allen was six four and five eighths, and Drew Locke was uh, six three and three quarters. Was is Allen only six four and five eight? I thought he was like six seven. No, a co- the combine that not his combine me- measurement. Probably that that was his Wyoming measurement, and then we got the official measurement in, in Indianapolis, like we always do. And we know how colleges tend to be a little bit looser with uh, how they measure guys, to say the least. <laughs> And here's something else to consider. Some knucklehead said to me on Twitter, you should always draft a quarterback in the first round until you get it right. I'm like, that's why you sit in the stands. Okay. But please, please don't tweet me anymore. I, I don't need pure stupidity on my timeline. If you want to make an argument, I'm more than happy to engage and let's have an intelligent conversation. But don't bring something like that. But something else to consider is this. They had Paxton Lynch for two years. When you spend a first-round draft pick on a quarterback, you are not, generally speaking, dumping him after two years and then using your fifth overall pick on another quarterback. Had they not drafted Paxton Lynch in 2016, maybe they take a shot at Josh Allen. Maybe. But they kind of had to double down with Lynch just to see, don't you think? Uh, n- no, I don't think so. And in fact, I, I'm I'm a person who believes that if you have a young quarterback trending in the wrong direction, that you don't hesitate to take 
the next quarterback. Look, uh, and and not that Drew Locke wasn't trending in the wrong direction after 2019, but we know that they really like Justin Herbert. In retrospect, they should they just because they had Drew Locke doesn't mean they shouldn't have picked Justin Herbert. I I believe you maybe have to commit too much to the to the quarterback position and draft resources until you find that person. I'm not, you know what? I'm fine with a round one quarterback this year, but then if they have a bad season, they can take Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud next year. Do it. Well, if they become available to the Broncos. Right. Want to talk some more revisionist history? Here's another great one that was trending on Twitter yesterday. Boy, the Broncos really blew it not hiring Kyle Shanahan. The Broncos had no shot to get Kyle Shanahan. Zero. And we'll explain why next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to RMFP.com. Well, just when you thought we could not do enough segments on revisionist history, as we talked about Josh Allen in the last segment, now let's have a conversation about Kyle Shanahan, to which I saw on Twitter, the Broncos blew it on Kyle Shanahan. Okay? Totally blew it. With that, did they totally blow it? I mean... When you go when you say all right, they had him in for an interview in 2017, and they didn't hire him. Like if you view it kind of from that perspective, yes. No, no, but, look, look, we need to take yeah. a step back. Okay, it's not that they didn't hire him; they didn't make him an offer. Yeah, they interviewed they interviewed him, and they and they didn't make him an offer. Right. And the other thing is that they weren't going to offer Kyle Shanahan as much control over as the 49ers. Did because you have a GM in John Lynch that's there, but Kyle Shanahan's kind of more the final say person. The Broncos weren't going to offer him that. And it's really that simple. This is my understanding of how it went down. And I, I have enough sources on this topic to probably write a book. At the end of the day, Joe Ellis did not want the Shanahan influence back in the building. I'll just start there. It is essentially Joe Ellis who fired Mike Shanahan. I know that Pat Boland was still the owner, but let's look at the year. Let's look at the chronology. It was 2009 when he was fired. And for Pat Boland, he wasn't the same Pat Boland he was 10 years prior. Is that fair to say? Yeah. 
Okay. With that, I'm not saying that Pat Bolin had lost all of his faculties. And I'm also not suggesting that Pat Bolin would have settled for mediocrity because that's what the Broncos were the previous three seasons or the three final seasons under Shanahan, in which the team was 500 at 24 and 24. But the truth is, if we're being completely honest, Mike Shanahan was the most powerful man in the state of Colorado at that point. He could have run for governor and possibly won. That's how big of a deal Mike Shanahan was back then. Joe Ellis, knowing that he was eventually going to be in charge, specifically with the trust coming, I think he wanted a little bit more power. And Shanahan was kind of standing in his way. And Shanahan was coming off, you know, three subpar seasons considering what we expect from the Broncos historically. Mm -hmm. What does Joe Ellis do? He thinks he's going to hire a young kid who he can control in Josh McDaniels. Well, after McDaniels goes 6-0, and suddenly McDaniels became the guy kicking everybody's tail in the building essentially including Joe Ellis. He became the king of the castle. Is that fair to say? Yes. And then after McDaniels basically drove this franchise into the ground, Ellis said, you know what? I don't think I'm really cut out to be hiring head coaches. I'll bring in John Elway to handle that. All of that sound true to you? Yes. With that, you have an opening following Gary Kubiak. And you have lots of guys who are available to be interviewed. Uh, you have Vince Joseph, who, by the way, John Elway had pretty much made up his mind on anyway when he interviewed Vance Joseph for the D.C. job a couple of years prior. Right? Yeah. Fair to say? They want, Yeah, they, 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 they interviewed him to be head coach, but they really want him as coordinator and couldn't hire him when the Bengals prevented him from moving, which led to the Broncos hiring... Wade Phillips, which worked out pretty well. I, I think you got a little mixed up. They wanted to hire Gary Kubiak as the head coach. But they, they interviewed, interviewed they interviewed Vance Joseph to be the head coach. Gotcha. That was a wanted, he, it was a gotcha. head coaching interview. And obviously they had to but satisfy to the Rooney DC. rule uh, yeah. requirements. But in effect, the intent was Let's see if we can get him as a defensive coordinator. Right. But the Bengals blocked the move. They The Bengals could not block it today, but back right. under the rules of the time, they could. And that's why the Broncos then turned to Wade Phillips, their second choice, and that worked out. So now let's go to 2017, now that we have all that backstory out of the way. Kyle Shanahan comes into interview. He probably would have wanted the job because he wanted a head coaching job. But the truth is, I don't think Mike or Peggy, his mom, wanted him to take the job. I don't I don't think that the Shanahan parents wanted Kyle to take the job. They knew the microscope or the I should say the spotlight would be red hot. Ellis didn't want the Shanahan influence in the building. And. At that time, the relationship between John and Mike really wasn't that great either. The relationship between John Elway and Mike Shanahan got better after that, and that's a whole other story. Mm -hmm. Hiring Kyle Shanahan would have been a very smart move. Apparently, Kyle wowed Elway and everybody else in that room. Wowed them. 
but I don't think Mike and Peggy wanted Kyle to take the job. Just didn't because how they felt it was going to be politicized inside the building. Then you have the relationship between John and Mike. Then you have the relationship between Mike and Joe. And you knew by hiring Kyle, Joe Ellis knew this, Mike's going to be heavily involved. And that in I think, some way. and that was kind of a big thing because to, toward the last few years of Mike Shanahan's time as head coach with the Broncos, you could say in a lot of ways he got bigger than the organization and started to kind of, you know, ha- have more weight, more influence over the organization than a head coach really should. Right. Kind of beyond, that, beyond the auspices of his, beyond the parameters of his job. So what and, do you think and, Elway, what do you yeah. think Ellis wanted? Shanahan what? Gone. He, what? Gone. Yeah. He wanted Shan, Ellis wanted Shanahan gone and now by hiring Kyle, Ellis sees it as Mike's getting invited back into the building, mm-hmm. right? But then now, we but then later that year John Elway did repair some things with Mike Shannon. Be, right. And that's what I said. The yep. relationship eventually got smoothed right. over. Jo- Joe got Mike out of the building and now he, he he's going to rubber stamp Mike essentially coming back into the building. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake about it. For those that don't know this, I can tell you this with 100% certainty. Kyle Shanahan is the head coach and a very good head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. But Mike Shanahan's fingerprints are all over that team right now. Right now, his fingerprints are all over that team. Trust me on this. As they should be. He has a lot to offer. It is the Kyle Mm -hmm. Shanahan show, but Mike gives a lot of input. With that, Kyle was not offered the job. I think John, Mike, and Joe all knew it was a pissing match between three guys with three huge egos, and it just wasn't going to work, and it's Kyle's head that would have been caught in a vice. They didn't offer him the job. Here come the 49ers, an organization, by the way, that Mike used to work for as the offensive coordinator, and they offer Kyle everything, full control, full con- so much control, you get to hire your GM, which is John Lynch. So is Kyle Shanahan ever going to be the head coach of the Broncos? No, no, and no. Never got an offer. It was never going to be offered. And he had a much better offer anyway than he would have taken. Kyle Shanahan was never coming to Denver, ever, as the head coach. And the other, th- and the other thing also, I actually found something where you talked to Kyle Shanahan. You and Les no, Shapiro never- did. No, I did not talk to Kyle. If anybody talked to him, it was less. I'm well, literally, like uh, Kyle Shanahan joined Eric Goodman and Les Shapiro. Oh, this was yeah, in 2017. Okay. Oh yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Yes, you're right. and okay, yeah. and and Kyle Shanahan's quote because people uh, re- reacting to people thinking that he could have gotten the job. Kyle's quote was quote. I never thought I was as close as other people did, unquote. He knew right. he knew yep. what the score was. Right. At the end of the day, Mike and Peggy did not want Kyle to take this job be because of all the politics involved. And honestly, Mace, we have so many good guests on our show that Kyle Shanahan, he's small potatoes to me. We've had much bigger guests. That's probably why I forgot. And I'm totally joking when I say that. Totally joking when I say that. Yeah. Coming up after the break, Mike Liss, Nine News. Very interesting report about the Broncos sale. 
You want Peyton Manning to be part of an ownership group? Don't count on it. You want John Elway to be part of an ownership group? Don't count on it. We'll tell you why next. Just a young gun with a quick fuse. I was uptight, wanna let loose. I was dreaming of bigger things and wanna leave my old life behind. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason, watch us, mylifesports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, they've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. Uh, I, wa- I want to I want to call this breaking news because if you're not on Twitter, then I don't think you're familiar with this story because this a story that we have been talking about that we're going to talk about coming up has been in the news for the last three four days because of a report from Woody Page who came out and said there are five potential or six ownership groups. One of them has Peyton Manning involved. One of them has John Elway involved. Right. Right. Everyone's talked about it. Well, according to Mark Kisler, that's not true. Did you see Kisler's tweet today? I did. Said that Elway called him. Yep. And Elway said he's not in a group. Right, but he would like to be. Yes, he'd like to be. He would like to be in a group, but he's actually not part of a group currently. So with that, I'm almost wondering if Woody put out that Elway's part of a group. Is Manning really part of a group? I would think that Manning really is part of a group. But honestly, if half that story is wrong, what what makes me believe the entire story isn't wrong? Right. And the other thing, of course, is that uh, you know Woody Page has been writing about uh, in in his stories about the potential ownership situation that it's possible that the Bowen family could well be involved, but. That would go against what what Mike Kliss is saying because Mike Kliss is talking about a potential auction situation where it wouldn't necessarily be tilted toward the members of the Bolin family staying involved. It would simply go to the highest bidder, and if the Bolins were a part of that group, so be it. But I would, but I would, I would be surprised if if the Bolins were part of a highest bidder situation well at the end of the day i certainly have a little knowledge when it comes to auctions as i'm a benefit auctioneer by trade i've been doing it since 2014 are you offering to host an auction for the team i'm not a fast talker that's how this thing would work <laughs> it'd go to a fast talker i'm not selling cars or cats well it's not going to be like that like in, in au- no, when we talk about an auction for a team it's not we got hey we got we got 3.75 3.7 375 down there do well, i hear what? four 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 <laughs> yep four there back back there new bidder in the corner right here 4.25 it would not be like that it would be uh, all, all it would be with an auction would involve groups all vetted by the league yeah 
and simply whoever puts the most put put in the it might be like a blind auction and whoever has the biggest number walks away with the team. Well, honestly, I if this is truly an auction Unless they're saying it's just going to go to the highest bidder. Everybody makes a blind bid, mm-hmm. no negotiation. That's right. it. Because in a, in a regular auction, there isn't a negotiation between the auctioneer and the person bidding. Mm-hmm. It's the two people bidding against each other. Yeah. So I'm a little confused on what this auction means. If it's truly an auction, you have five parties sitting there and you just keep going up. Until it's the highest bidder, and boom, that's sold. As Cliss put in his report, he said the trustees would have a fiduciary responsibility. Mm-hmm. You don't know what the f- word fiduciary means. It means they have an obligation to their clients to give them the best possible advice, mm-hmm. the best possible deal, and it will go to the highest bidder. To maximize the asset, and that's actually... That is what happened uh, with Washington in 1999 when uh, the team was sold by the estate of the late Jack Kent Cook. And in that case, it was it was it was set up that there was an obligation to go to the highest bidder because in that case, the money was going to fund a scholarship program that still that exists and will probably exist for a long, long time. The cook, the cook scholars, it's a different set of circumstance here, but the same fiduciary, there's that word again, responsibility to maximize the return on the asset for those who would be making the money. In that case, the bowling, bowling children, and then John Bowen, the, the, the brother of Pat Bowen, who still has 22% of the team. Well, how how upset do you think Broncos fans are going to be if they find out Manny's group was second? Oh, right. Oh boy, that. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. listen. If you're one of the bowling kids, you want the most money. Period. I don't blame you. The NFL does want Manny back in the league, and quite frankly, I don't be surprised if they wouldn't mind if Elway is still involved, right, in some point. But at the end of the day, you want to get the highest bid possible, right? And and I yeah. and I have a feeling in an auction situation, if it is. Make your best offer. We're going to take the envelope that has the highest number on it. This is going to go for well over $4 because people are going to be so, who really want the team, are all going to overbid. Right. All and that, of them will. And that's the interesting thing about this. If, if it just simply goes to the highest bidder, it brings, the, it brings some potential owners into play who simply would say, oh, this is my chance to own an NFL team doesn't matter where it is, doesn't matter who it is. Here's a chance to buy a team, and all I have to do is make sure I have the highest bid. There's not a lot of hoops to uh, to jump through, and that's where you may hear a name like a Steve Ballmer, who owns who of Microsoft renown, who uh, owns the Los Angeles Clippers, who may say, "Oh." Here's my chance to get an NFL team, and all I have to do is have the highest bid, and I'm and I'm worth untold billions of dollars. Yeah, I'll write the check, and it 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 does bring a a risk factor into play that maybe the next owner isn't as uh, tied to Colorado in some in a whether through their own businesses or those of a minority partner that they're not as tied to Colorado as I think people around here would hope. Well, here's the thing. An auction is great for the Bolin family. It's not necessarily good for the NFL. Right. Because the NFL, they they want to pick the guy or gal 
who's going to be in their fraternity. Mm -hmm. In this case, they're losing all control over that. And let's say for the sake of argument, Mark Zuckerberg says, I want to buy the Broncos. Mm -hmm. He can buy them if he wants to. Now, it's a, but it does depend on if it's completely open or if they limit it to people, to people and groups who have already been vetted. If they're, if, well, the, that, that's if, fair. if the groundwork that's fair. has been laid. Yeah, that's fair. I, then I they ex- like, then I, they like all of them. Right. I expect that the only pe- the only groups in this will have already been vetted by the national right. football league. Right. Uh, what do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? Well, we've got uh, the last game of Wild Card Weekend tonight. The Arizona Cardinals taking on the Los Angeles Rams. We'll talk about where uh, Broncos fans might be putting their rooting interest as Vaughn Miller will be taking the field. Also, a former Bills quarterback was in the stands uh, providing a little bit of extra energy on a cold night to the Buffalo faithful. We'll get into all that on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can just Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfpe.com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, Monday Night Football Super Wild Card Weekend edition. The Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. And uh, pictures have been circulating Twitter for the last hour or so with Vaughn Miller honoring his friend and old teammate Demarius Thomas with a t-shirt with a bunch of pictures of DT on it as he warms up for that game. Do you guys think that a majority of Broncos fans are rooting for Vaughn Miller and the Rams in this game? I think a majority are, and I think while there are great sentimental reasons to root for Vaughn Miller, uh, the Rams winning tonight hurts the value of the two draft picks the Broncos picked up from the Los Angeles Rams in trading for Vaughn Miller. So I, I, I think maybe there's a way to for Broncos fans to root for Vaughn Miller do well individually and but say, hey, Hope the Rams lose because the value of those draft assets is going to be greater if the Rams lose tonight. I'm sure you will find a way to correct me, Mason. That's totally cool because I would like to know your opinion. But I cannot remember any quarterback that has had more pressure on him to win a playoff game than Matt Stafford. He was brought here to win a Super Bowl, not just to win a playoff game. Mm -hmm. 
He was stuck in Detroit. That franchise couldn't get out of its own way. They always had bad records. Everyone said, no, Matthew Stafford is great. You just got to get him in the right system. Well, he is in the right system. Mm -hmm. Can you think of a quarterback who's really had more pressure on him to win? Because you know what? Rams have gone all in. Went all in on him. Went all in on Von Miller. Gave away their draft picks like sticks of gum. This is more than winning tonight for them. They have to win the whole thing to make this year worth it. Right. I, I can't think of one. The only one that I can think of where it seemed like it was even in the same ballpark was when after was when Peyton Manning in his fifth season in the NFL, fourth year in the playoffs, was hearing about the Oh, he's never won a playoff game. Is he capable yeah. of winning a playoff game? But the, what what Peyton heard going into that game, which was against the Broncos, and the Colts won, and they won it by a lot, it's nothing like what's on Matthew Stafford. Because like you mentioned, the, the, the draft capital investment the Rams have given in terms of giving not only for Stafford but other players, I mean, it's all it's all on him here. You know, it'd be a great Twitter question. Sometimes we put out Twitter polls. Yes. You can only do this if the Rams win tonight. Would you like to see Stan Kroenke hoist a Super Bowl trophy? Oh, oh, oh. Wouldn't that be a great Twitter question? Sounds like, yeah. Remind me of that tomorrow. How about if I just remind you of it now? Because it doesn't do any me, good, good, me any good if you remind me now. Remind me tomorrow when I need the reminder. How about I'll do the? How about I'll do this? By the time, by the time, uh, Danny finishes the question for the next for for the next question for just in case you missed it, I will have an email as remind you to you. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Go ahead, Danny. Just in case you missed it, former Bills quarterback and current unrestricted free agent Ryan Fitzpatrick was in the stands for Buffalo's win over the Patriots on Saturday night. He was photographed shirtless with fans uh, at the frigid game, smiling and soaking it all in as the Bills won a playoff game. Uh, what former Broncos presence in the crowd at a game would most energize the fans? I, mean, I got the answer ready. Go ahead. Can I give it first? Go ahead. John Elway at a Nuggets game with Dikembe Mutombo starting at center. Huh. How's that? <laughs> well, it actually happened. I know it did. Let's That's get why ready it to Mutombo! That was inspirational, wasn't it? I believe they won that night. They did. By the way, check your email. Hang on. Impressive. There you Thank go. you. Okay, now you've been reminded officially. Yeah, like I said, we'll see if it does any good. <laughs> I, I, think we are, tomorrow. I think we know the answer, right? Yeah. <laughs> Danny, you got anything else? I do. I was just waiting got? to see if there were any other uh, any other hypothetical answers and not historical answers. Oh. But just in case you missed it, uh, Zach Seegers does great work for us here at Mile High Sports, always putting out Broncos content on milehighsports.com. He uh, wrote a little piece about the Broncos having two of the NFL's top 25 rookies, according to Pro Football Focus, Pastor Tan at number 16 and Javante Williams at number 25. Uh, thinking of George Payton, 
What will be the biggest factor in your evaluation of the Broncos GM during this offseason? Is it the head coach hiring process, the draft, or how he performs in free agency? Head coach hiring process and what the plan is at quarterback. Nope. Okay, well, what's what's bigger? This could be another poll question. Oh, it's what's cor- more in- quarterback. What's more important? That's easy for me, quarterback. Or the right head coach, right? I think it's quarterback too. Yeah. Right? It's a busy offseason for him. No question about it. And then you have owner on top of it. And the other thing, like we said, like to kind of go back to if it's an auction and it's just highest bidder, then a highest bidder may not be as patient with another seven and 10 or eight and nine type of season as you might hope. And uh, there may be some pressure to get at least tangible progress here in 2022. Okay. Anything else, Danny? Nope, that's going to do it for me today. By the way, just as an aside, I want to share a conversation I had today with a longtime NFL executive. Uh, and I asked him, well, why is Eric Bieniemy having so much trouble getting jobs as an NFL head coach? Because he's interviewed, he's been turned down seven times, right, Mace? Uh, I believe so, yes. You know what he said to me? This is an exact quote Eric Bieniemy is a media creation. Those were his words, not mine. Not good enough to be an NFL coach is what he was implying. I said, why do you think he's not getting hired? Because you hear all these different things. Is it race? Is it his past? What is it? And what he said to me was, from people who he has talked to, who have interviewed Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy goes into that interview. According to the people who have interviewed him, he doesn't seem organized, and he doesn't seem to have a plan on what to do as a head coach. And that's why he is struggling getting a job. That's a problem. Although, although Miami is looking at him and Vance Joseph very closely. And the question for Vance will be, what did you learn from your time as Broncos head coach? Right. And but, believe uh, me, retread believe- is not a bad word and he might do very well in his second shot. And believe me when I tell you, Vance has been very, 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 very well coached on how to answer that question because I know the person who essentially was hired to coach Vance Joseph in his next coaching interview. Yep. And you and I have had that conversation, right? Yes. Vance will be more than ready to answer the questions like, why did you lose the locker room after your first year? This is somebody who really knows what they're doing. That's helping out. This guy has a long history of doing great things in the NFL. With that, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Great job, guys, at the station today, pushing all the right buttons on milehighsports.com. Danny, of course, you push all all of my buttons, and I mean that in a positive way. As for you, Mace, I I might – yeah, I know. As for you, Mace, I might see you sooner than you think. All right. Well, surprise me. I will. Make the best possible light you can. (laughs) 